Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And on today's episode, I sat down with Bart Bouchotts. And as you know, Bart is looking for a new EV. And he has been keeping us informed on his great EV journey. And I think this might be this, I think this might be it. I think this might be our last episode until Bart makes a final choice. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. I did a little something different here. On today's episode, I released two versions of this show. One version is edited, where I talk, I, I cut out all the nonsense that usually is me that brings up and um, <laughs> and Bart stays on topic because he's professional. The other version, I left all that nonsense in. And the reason why is because I keep saying, if you could only just sit back and hang out with Bart and I, you can see what a lovely human being he is. It's a lot of fun just to talk to him about anything. And I I wanted to share some of that with you. So most of the time, like I said, I edit my own nonsense out because it doesn't add to the conversation. I, I left it in, in the full version. So if you, you'll you see the episode, it'll say Bart's EV Adventure, full or edited. The edited, if you don't want my extra nonsense, you can not listen to that one. Uh, the full one is the completely, it's unedited. There's, there's You get the whole kit and caboodle. The episode you're listening to right now is the edited version. Okie doke, without further ado, let's welcome Bart to the program. Delighted to be back, Bodie. I think this is our third visit when it comes to your journey of buying a new EV. And a couple of things have happened since the last time we talked. Yes. But I, I, I want to save the Model 3 Highland for the last. Okay. Uh, but you've you've driven some some more vehicles. I have. So when last we spoke, I had done the Volkswagens and been really disappointed. I had done the BYD, uh, the the Atto 3 on your recommendation, mainly to get a feel for the brand because I knew I didn't actually want a crossover shaped car. But I was kind of impressed with it, especially for the price. The handling was awful, but everything else about the car was great and the price was really good. Um, actually, uh, and, and a slight update on that, I got a, a message over WhatsApp from the dealer on Wednesday with the Irish brochure, which was the first time they had full specs for us. Uh, 
So I now have the full specs and the price on the car. It's basically 550k range and it's coming in at 45,000 euro, which is 20,000 euro less than the Tesla Model 3. That's two thirds the price. Like again, and that's for the seal, which is the Model 3 shape and size. Looks very pretty. So he said there will be test drives in three or four weeks. And I said, I give me a shout when they're available. I will be down. Is it, do you know if the dolphin is making its way to Ireland? It was not mentioned. Um, the oh, was the bigger sporty one was mentioned. Um, what was that? Oh, Han. Yeah, the 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 BYD Han oh, yeah. was also mentioned. Yes. Um, and he did. He may have mentioned by name one or two of the giant big SUVs, but I was like, I didn't care. I was I didn't pay attention. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure because the Dolphin is a little bit smaller. It's a hatchback. So I'm not sure if that would fit what you are looking for or not, because I know you have bikes. Yeah, no, there was no mention of a hatchback. So it was um, it was the Atto 3 and then there were bigger SUVs and then there were the sporty ones. So there was no mention of anything else. Okay. So what, what have we driven since the last time we talked? Yeah, so... In chronological order, since last we spoke, uh, I've done the Toyota BZ4X, which is the worst named car I've test driven so far. Um, the only reason I can remember it is because I have discovered that there is a slight amount of meaning to the name. BZ is Toyota's brand for beyond zero. Apparently, they think they can get their emissions less than zero. So mm-hmm. mathematics appears not to be their strongest suit. Uh the four, because it's an approximately four-sized car, it competes with stuff like the ID four and the X because it's a crossover, and that is the only way I can remember the darn thing. So it's Toyota's version of the ID four, and it is the only fully electric Toyota they sell in Ireland, and I'm not sure they have any other ones anywhere else either. Do you have a do you have Subaru in Ireland? We, I certainly see them on the road, uh, so it's, someone must sell them here. But you don't <laughs> okay. see you don't see a lot of Subaru garages around or anything like that. So I'm wondering if they're imported from the UK. The Solterra is the same car, uh, pretty much oh. the same uh, platform as the Toyota EV. I did not know that. Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, I'll see if I can find the dealership. Um, okay, that's interesting. So chronologically, next was the Polestar Two. And then the last one I've done was the Hyundai Ioniq 6. But I would like to talk to you in a slightly different order because I want to go from good, better, best. I think that's great. So I'm going to start with good, which is the Toyota. And honestly, I can sum up my review, I think, in one sentence. The Toyota was what I expected the ID4 to be. Okay. Solid, rugged, you know, felt like it wouldn't break. It felt really well put together. It was utterly unexciting. But it felt like the it felt like the most reliable family car you could imagine. It felt like German engineering. It felt like everything I thought the ID4 would and didn't. It's, you know, I mean, on the whole, it was just it was good. It was like there was nothing I hated and there was nothing I loved. <laughs> it was That's- just a good car. That's how I felt when I, because I almost bought, uh, not the Corolla, what's the one up from that? Oh, you guys have different names for them all. So. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. They're, they're mid-sized sedan, not the Lexus, but it's a, it was a mid-sized sedan, but it felt like I was driving a couch. And I was 32 <laughs> at the time. 
And I didn't want to feel like I was driving a couch. It would have been fine if I had kids and whatever, but at 32, I wanted something with a, a little more pep. But it was it was fine as a car. There was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm just sort of looking at my own notes because it's been a while since I did a Toyota. The Toyota was a great, a great example is the wrong word, a typical example of what so far all the traditional car companies don't seem to comprehend is that one foot driving should involve one foot. It's in the name. Toyota, in their infinite wisdom, have one foot driving with an undisableable creep feature. Mm. So you can go with one foot from about five kilometers an hour up to whatever the maximum speed of this yoke is, back down to five. But if you'd like to go to zero, tough. You need to, you need to move your foot onto the brake. Say, wait, why? The whole point of this EV driving style is that you move your foot, just the one foot from zero to infinity back to zero. Um, what it did have that takes it above the BMW is that at least I could put it in Eve, you know, in regen mode permanently. There's like a button on the center console. Basically, it has a picture of a foot on a pedal and you push the button and then you have regen. And as long as the button is pushed, you will have regen for infinity. So I would basically, if I were to buy this car, I would push the button once and then I would probably stick some sticky tape over it or something. So no one ever pushed it again, but it's still going to do that creep thing. And that makes me really cranky. The other thing that just blew me away is I, you know, I drove out from the dealership. I was like, okay, this is fine, but let's see how configurable it is. What can I change to make it be exactly what I want? The answer is nothing. (laughs) You go into the menus and apart from choosing the temperature for the cabin and what's on the radio, that's, that's it. There is like, I'm used to going into the Tesla and tweaking stuff. Even the ID4 had some settings. When I looked at the settings, I was like, no, there's <laughs> nothing for you here. Why are you here? Um, so that, that was kind of weird. Um, it did, you know, it, it, we had, it had sort of a nice two screen setup as well. Um, the, fr- the front one was kind of interesting. It was really far ahead of you, um, which is, it was an interesting experience, but actually it sort of worked quite well. It was kind of in my line of sight, but just down below the windshield. Very, very, very far away from me, but it did kind of work. Uh, but the main screen, it was wasn't high quality. It wasn't particularly good. Mm. Um, and the other thing, yeah, I, I just I just didn't find the the layout of the buttons particularly easy to sort of to work with. I was always stretching for things. It seems like nothing was quite where it should be, and nothing was easy to get to. Um. But it did have a really nice panoramic roof as well. Um, and the adaptive cruise control, the auto steer, all that stuff worked perfectly for me. Like I say, just a dependable good car. Um, and it it didn't feel sluggish. Like the ID4 just didn't feel like it did anything. This yoke at least it wasn't sporty, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bad actually. Um, uh, it handled decently. Everything inside it was really comfortable. Um, I did my usual trick of parking when I came back to the dealership, parking next to my own car, which is a good way to test how confident I am on the reversing cameras and stuff. Um, and it, it was all good. So basically, it's a solid, it's a solid EV with just quibbles. I think there was nothing about it made me. It, yeah, it's just a solid EV. Like I said, it's a good car. But 
if you want to be excited, don't buy this one. <laughs> Did because I'm looking at the interior right now, and mm. you're right. Like it, it looks like that instrument cluster is like on a swing arm. If you're looking at it from uh, the side view instead of like head directly in front of it, like if you're in the driver's seat, uh, it looks like it's kind of like mounted up in a. I don't. I don't even know. Uh, like it looks like a robot. It's almost. a strange thing because it's inside like a big V that funnels your eye into it. It's it's like yeah. someone took a dashboard and pulled it back. And it's stuck. <laughs> it was like they were di- designing VR glasses, and they're like, you know what? Let's just put it on. We'll just make an instrument cluster. We won't put it on our face. <laughs> it's, it is a strange look. And the styling is actually a lot more avant-garde than the car feels to drive. Because I think from the outside, it actually looks quite stylish. It's pretty squared off. But it's not as weird looking as more recent Toyotas. It's, I, I do kind of... You know, I think it looks decent for a Toyota anyway. Did you feel um, confined at all? Because the way that the center console works is the center console from where the armrest is to the instrument cluster, that's just kind of one continuous uh, ramp. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Did that feel at all? Yeah. Did that feel cozy? Okay. I, I well maybe other people would think differently, but I, I thought it felt cozy. It sort of felt like you were getting into something nice, and it was like, oh, this car is hugging me. You know, was, I, I kind of liked it actually in there, and lots of little stowy places, little cubby holes. Um, you know, I d- yeah, I do like that little storage area underneath what what, what it called the, the bridge. giant big center. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. you call it. Flowing center console with no end. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a kitten storage, I believe, is what my son would call that. Big enough. Probably stick a small puppy yeah. in there, actually. Yeah, probably. So, like I say, a good car. Like I wasn't angry with. It. I just, I just wasn't excited by it. It's like, okay, you know, if the worst comes to the worst, and this is the car I buy, okay, fine, it's a good car. Um, then the next one I'm going to talk about is the most recent one I did drove, which was the Hyundai Ionic Six. Um, and I, I found myself. Fighting with this car a lot because whoever designed the software either is a 12-year-old boy who wants it to look cool and has no idea what it should do, or my brain is on a different wavelength to theirs. (laughs) But I could not get the information I needed it would just show me really pretty visualizations. And it took me forever to realize that the important information was in teeny tiny writing in like, you know, the bottom corners of the screen and stuff. Its worldview is completely different to any other car I've ever considered or driven. And even when I pulled over to try Google the answer to things, I couldn't get an answer because it doesn't call anything by what anyone else calls it. So to make it do regen, you have to put it in eco mode, not regen, eco. And then if you want one pedal driving, you turn, you put it in eco and turn the regen up with the flappy paddles. Yes. And as apparently, now I think I did a bit more Googling after I gave the car back. I think you can make it stay permanently by making a custom drive mode. So by default, it has like eco and sport, and then there's one called custom. And so I think if I switch to custom and then I put everything the way I want, I think it'll stay there. So I think I can make it always be one foot driving if I use custom. 
I think. But like I say, I spent 10 minutes beside the road on my phone Googling, and I still don't feel I understood the car. And the thing I definitely never, ever made peace with was the cruise control. I could make it go once. It would start at 30 kilometers an hour, which is slow. That's like 15 miles an hour at most. Right around there, yeah. And then I would have to flap it up. Five kilometer, five kilometer, five kilometer, five kilometer, five kilometer. The speed limit is 100 kilometers. That's a lot of fives from 30. (laughs) And then once you hit the brake or something, it will cut off as it should for your own, you know, it it shouldn't keep going. But then I couldn't get it to re-engage. I could reset it back to 30 and paddle, 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 paddle. But I couldn't make it just kick up where you left off, just carry on. I I couldn't figure it out, and I I still haven't. And I asked a couple of friends who drive Ionic 5s and Ionic 6s, and they were like, you try to use cruise control in the town. Oh, no, that's on the motorway, and I used it about four times since I bought the car a year ago. It's terrible. Ah, okay. So I don't know, maybe it just isn't. I, I use my cruise control the most in urban driving because I find 50 kilometers an hour really difficult to do. And if the car is doing it, I won't get speeding tickets. If my foot yeah. is doing it, I will. So I really want it in the low speeds and I wanted to follow the speed limit. So in Ireland, we have 30K at schools, 50K in towns, 60K in suburbs, 80K on small roads and 100K on big roads and 120K on the motorway. That's a lot of different speed limits. And the nice thing with the Tesla is you just, you know, put it into into cruise control and it'll jump to the speed limit. And so it'll just do the right thing. And that makes all the difference in the world. We're starting at 30 going paddle, 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 paddle. And then as soon as you touch the brake, the thing disengages and I can't get it to go back on. Oh, I fought with that car so hard. But apart from that, (laughs) when I was done fighting with it, it's actually a nice car for the rest. So if they were to keep the hardware and give the software some TLC so it was actually user-friendly, Everything else about the car is actually pretty good. The, for a start, the range is, is really high. It's well over 600 kilometers, which is fantastic. It looks sporty. It feels like a crossover. It's the weirdest thing. You see this car that looks like a 911 or something, and you step in, and you're not sitting like in the Model 3, you know, with your, your backside on the road and your feet way out in front of you. You're sitting like you are in a crossover, upright, feet down you feel like you have a big commanding view over everything. So you really do feel like you're in a crossover, but all around you is this very sleek, sporty looking car. And the way it's curved, I think is what makes it look short, but it's not, it's really tall. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's also quite, it's quite long. And it's also quite wide. It is a big car. It's actually a way bigger car than it looks, which it's you do notice. Yeah, you do notice it as you're trying to, you know, navigate through town and stuff. Uh, I got to, because the dealership for for, uh, my nearest Hyundai dealership is in a fairly small rural town, not rural, provincial, um, I got to take it on some little mountain back roads, which is nice. Um, So I got to poke around in town where the traffic was awful, the cruise control, when it was behaving properly, it did the whole breaking in a sensible distance thing. I eventually made it do the one foot driving, which it was good at. The auto steer, as best as I can tell, is perfect. Um, it handled everything I threw at it. 
And when I took it up the back roads, it was way more fun than anything else I had, anything else apart from the poster I would get to in a minute. Um, it was not as much fun as a Tesla. It was way more fun than um, the Toyota and 0% terrifying, <laughs> uh, unlike the Atto, which really was horrible. So on the whole, it was actually, you know, on the whole, it's it's a, not a bad second place of all the cars I've driven so far, actually. And you sort of get the feeling that apart from the weird software, Hyundai seem to understand what an EV should be better than any other traditional car maker I've tried yet. They certainly understand better than Volkswagen. They certainly understand better than Toyota. So I was kind of like, okay, these Hyundai people, they actually do comprehend how an EV should work. So, you know, on the whole, again, I did the whole reversing into a tight camera space or into a tight parking space. All the cameras were fine. So it, you know, it was actually a pretty good car and I wouldn't feel sad. I think I'd have to spend a week learning how to bend my brain to match its user interface. I'm sure I'd, I'm sure I'd succeed. And then it, then it would just be, well, that's how this car works. That's fine. And like I say, I think if I make a custom profile, I think I can make it remember at which point all of the most of the weirdness would go away. And then the only thing I'm left with that no one's been able to explain to me because every Ionic 5 and 6 owner I talked to said they don't use it as the cruise control. None of them seem to think it was it could do what I want. So I don't know. Then again, a software update could fix it in five minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought they, and I haven't driven Ionic 6 yet. My daughter and I were going to go and drive them at the beginning of May or at the end of May, this is how long ago we had, we had made these plans and then something had happened and then she left for the summer. She's back now. So we'll try again. Have you driven a five? Uh, we're going to drive the five, the, let's see, we're going to drive the five, the six and the Genesis GV 60 EV. That was the plan. Because the Ionic five and the Ionic six, the dashboard, they just picked it up and they put it in the other car. It is the same. It's also exactly the same as the Kia EV6. It's it's the same car. Uh, so the difference is, obviously, it's way better electric motors and stuff and way better battery, obviously, in the Onyx 6 and the Onyx 5. But really, software-wise and just the physicality of the interior it's the same car. It's 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 shockingly the same car. Because I had two colleagues in work who happened to be parked next to each other at the charging station, which I guess means it's not that unlikely, with um, an EV6 and an Ionic 5. And the outside is so different, right? The EV6 is so roundy and curvy, and it looks way bigger. And the Ionic 5 is all square. It's like square headlights with a square everything. And then you open the door, and they have that identical big square dashboard. It's, it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. The GV60 is also really similar on the inside with some nice little elements like, oh, oh I can't remember exactly what all. I, I there's ambient lighting, but I think that might be in the EV6 as well. It isn't. It's in no. It's, oh, I don't know about the EV6. The Ionic Six. So while the dashboard is identical. The center console and the doors and stuff are much nicer in the Ionic 6 and the Ionic 5. And I'm pretty sure the Ionic 6 had the nice lighting and stuff. 
bit like the Atto did actually, but that was really nice inside as well. Like it, it did feel a nicer place to be than the Ionic Five, but in terms of the screens, they're the same size, the same resolution, the same terrible interface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, the software did not improve. It looks beautiful with these cool animations and stuff, but in did terms re- of actually telling you stuff, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be its point. Did you recline the seat? I adjusted everything so it was comfortable, so I guess I did. Um, well, they have a little uh, they have a little foot rest that comes up when you recline the seat all the way. Oh no, I didn't try that, and the dealer didn't tell me to. Oh, poop. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's a surprisingly nice place to be inside, and they do they do look good on the inside. You know, they yeah yeah. Like I say. You know, good, better, best. So this one is better, and the Ionic 6 is definitely in a very strong second place on my list. So my, my list is, is firming up, and number two is definitely the Ionic 6. Right on. And that takes us on to my number one, which is, without a shadow of a doubt, the Polestar 2. I have no complaints. I can quibble about a few things because I'm me, and of course I can quibble about a few things. But there is... Nothing I can say that is bad about the car. As soon as I sat in it, I realized that this is a car by a company that is as EV first as Tesla, that understands the importance of software as much as Tesla, and that is built by a bunch of racing engineers with Scandinavian engineering skills. And that's a really good combination. Because that thing feels as indestructible as a Volvo. Like it just everything about it is solid. The software, the screens are beautiful. Uh, the center console is like a portrait mode iPad. The front dashboard is very much like a traditional car dashboard, but bigger and very, very good resolution screen. It's all a screen, but it's shaped like a dashboard. And it tells you everything you need really, really clearly. It's like Ikea made it. It's minimalist, elegant, tells you everything you need and nothing more. It's really good software. It's really physically nice in there. Things are where you want them to be. They feel right. And then. Yeah, drive it. I thought the Tesla was fast. I thought the Tesla handled well. Mm, it, it does. But this thing blew me away. Now, very clever of them. I had said, because I didn't want to wait, they asked you on the intake forum, do you want to drive the dual motor or the single motor? Or do you not care? And I I only had one day I could do the drive. And I was like, I don't want to not get to do this test drive because they're going to pick the wrong car or something. So I just said, I don't care. Just give me a Polestar. Very wise of the dealership. They gave me the dual motor. And their dealership is at the foothills of the Dublin Mountains. And they said, you have an hour and a half to do as you wish. By the way, the mountains are just over there. So I was like, well, I'm going to put two and two together here. I can drive suburban driving to the motorway from the dealership. I can go on the motorway for 10 minutes to get to the bottom of the mountains. And then I can go up country roads through the mountains, back to the motorway and back to the dealership and have half an hour to spare if I want. So I did. I went up the Dublin mountains. Oh my 
God. I have never, like, I always say that the Tesla corners as if it had super glue on its wheels, but actually, it's nowhere near as fur, as sure footed. I felt like I was driving a mountain goat. <laughs> this thing went exactly where you put it with this sure footedness you wouldn't believe, acceleration that defied imagination, and it could steer and turn. As if it was perfectly normal to be able to do those two things at once without and even feeling the tiniest of a hint that there even was software fighting hard to make physics work. Like, I love how the Tesla Model 3 drives, but this thing puts it to shame. Now, that was the dual motor, and it was very, very clever of them to put me in the dual motor first because it, it absolutely blew my socks off. So then I went back to the dealership and I still had half an hour left over. And, you know, so I was talking to the dealer and I said, look, you know, really enjoy that drive. But actually, realistically, I want the longest possible range. If I've understood your brochure right, that means a, a single motor, not a dual motor. And he said, you have read the brochure right. That is exactly what it means. We have a single motor here now. Do you want to just take the single motor and compare? I was like, well, actually, yeah, because I really like this car. And I actually genuinely want to see what the single motor is like. The single motor I drove, and this is very important. So this is, I drove the 2023 model year, and it has one spectacular difference to the Tesla Model 3. The single motor is connected to the front wheels, not the back wheels. This means that you're steering and accelerating on the one set of wheels. So while it handles better than my Tesla, only just. So. It's quick and it's great fun, but when you try to steer and accelerate, either you will feel the traction control fight you, or if you're on gravel, it'll just go throw half the gravel behind you, which the Tesla won't do. The Tesla will just, you'll just feel the traction control stop you. I'm not sure which is better or worse. It's different. So it's notably different that the front wheel drive is just. It, it, it compromises things a bit. But it was still, even with the front-wheel drive, it was still a nicer drive than the Tesla, but only just. So I mentioned this to the dealer, and he said, well, it's funny you should say that. He said, because the 2024 model year, which we will be selling from approximately, depending on how things go, April or May, is going to have two changes over the car you've just driven. It's okay, what are the two changes? It's going to have 600 plus range, not confirmed, probably about 620, which made me immediately go, ooh, that's better than the 550 you're offering now. And we're moving the one motor to the back because it handles better. I was like, yeah, it does. So basically, the the you know the things that the car had that were putting it behind the Tesla, the Tesla has 609 range, so 550 was less, and that was annoying me. But they're saying 620 or more. And the one I drove was front wheel drive, and that is a compromise. And now they're offering me one with the with the motor on the back. I'm pretty darn sure that's my next car. Interesting. Because so that's a... That is a... Um, that is high praise, based on... If you would have came out of the cranky, gate... I've been at everything else. <laughs> No, 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 not not at all. But if you would have came out of the gate with this car and said, this is the car, I think, I, I don't know if it would have had, had as much of an impact 
as as this because you had so many more experiences and you learned how many more things that you really didn't care for when yeah. it comes to having a car. And if you're going to spend that much money on a, on a on an item, you should care for all of it, not pieces of Correct. it. Correct. So, and 385 mile range is what 620 kilometers would end up getting you mm. for those of us that live in the United States. That's pretty good. Very good. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. It's a, you know, it's 10 more than the Tesla, the newest Tesla long range. And, you know, what I have now is 420. So it's way more than 420. Um, and now it's not perfect, perfect because it's, there's one thing that makes me mildly cranky about it. I have been assured by the dealer, if I want to, I can avoid this problem by never signing in, but the software is by Google. Yeah. And they think it's a feature, and they tell everyone, no, you can sign into your Gmail. It's like, I do not want my car signed into my non-existent Gmail, because I don't trust Google as far as I could throw them. Um, But you can, I I double-checked with the dealer, with the engineer, Basically, with every human being I could speak to, and they all said the same thing. No, no, no. If you do not log into a Google account, the car will function perfectly. You get two years of free internet connectivity. After that, you will have to sign up to T-Mobile, and you will have to give T-Mobile your information so that T-Mobile can give you a SIM card for the car. But you do not ever have to sign into Google. And it has CarPlay. Therefore, you can just use CarPlay. Okay, fine. I will accept this. Um, so on the whole, I think the Google problem that really had me very worried, I nearly didn't drive the car at all because of the Google. I nearly didn't do the test drive because of the Google. And then I, then after every other car had been so disappointing, because remember the Ionic 6, I drove after I drove this. Up until then, I had been so disappointed with everything. I was like, okay, I really need to give the Polestar a go, even though it's Google. And I'm really glad I did. Because that, I think there's a couple of things going on. So this company only make EVs. So they're very passionate about EVs and they get EVs. They understand EVs, which is why Tesla works. And so these guys, I think these guys have now arrived where Tesla have been for quite a few years. But they have arrived at the same place and it's now that I'm buying a car. So that's fine by me. The fact that they only just got here now, not my, you know, I don't care, right? They're here now. This is good enough. And so far, no one else seems to have caught up with Tesla that I've driven yet anyway. So there's a lot going on there. Um, Like I said, the new version is going to be the rear-wheel drive with a longer range. All of the materials are sustainable, and they actually have a lot of detail on the carbon footprint of the entire process of manufacturing the car, all the materials and stuff. So they're they're thinking it through all the way. They're Volvo engineers. Mm -hmm. And that... The, the vol, the, I, I may be like a Scandinavian in disguise. I just love the the mindset of of the, you know your IKEA's and stuff like that. It just it agrees with me. I've always the saddest day of my car related life was the day that Saab went bust. I I always wanted to own a Saab, and they don't exist anymore. But I kind of feel like if Saab did exist, they'd make a Polestar. It just it feels like that's sensibility. So it really agrees with me at a. At an emotional level, and if I'm going to fork over 69-ish thousand euro, it probably should agree with me sure. at an emotional level. 
Um, which I think the biggest quibble I have is that their shade of blue is around about as terrible as Apple's ability to make a blue iPhone. It's like, yeah, you say Apple it's blue, everything. do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's every color but blue is the, so it's, the it's color black, of their iPhone. And if I shine a bright spotlight on it, I can get a hint of blue out of it, but it's pretty black, really. Your green is pretty black, really. In fact, all of your colors are pretty black, really, apart from your white, which is most definitely white. Um, and yeah, and just uh, the other, actually, the other thing, the, the dealerships are also very cool. So the Dublin dealership is new. So they have a dealership in a shipping crate. The thing is literally four shipping crates that assemble into a dealership. I, I imagine there's a button they push and it sort of transforms out, but it's probably slightly more complicated than that. But the whole thing is this really fancy showroom in shipping crates. And they have the first use of VR that I have ever seen that I actually like. So they have in front of you in the thing one Polestar 2. And they give you an iPad and you point it at the floor and it calibrates itself. And then you lift it up and you see in the iPad the car in front of you. But on the iPad, you can change the wheels. And then the car changes in front of you. And you can walk around it and look inside and it's all perfect. And it lines up exactly with the physical car. And you can change the color of the exterior and stuff. And already I was like, that's pretty cool. Your blue still sucks, but that's pretty cool. And they said, now change it to another model of Polestar. Because they didn't have anything else in Ireland yet, because they're only selling the Polestar 2 in Ireland at the moment. It superimposes the other models on the Polestar 2 with the front wheels perfectly lined up. And then you can choose to have it in fully opaque mode or in semi-transparent mode. And so you can see how much bigger a Polestar 3 is than a Polestar 2, because it's literally sticking out above and behind and so on and so forth. It was a really cool experience. And what really blew my mind is you can look inside the car that's not there. And the that's interior cool. gets superimposed on the other interior. It's, it's head-wreckingly cool. It really worked. It worked really well. Yeah, that is that is a, a feat of, of software engineering right there. That is not an easy thing to do because if you move it fast enough, you would think that you'd get a little jiggle or it, something. It blew me away. It, it like it genuinely fools you. It's amazing. And like I say, I've seen, I've heard a lot of hype about this VR thing, but that was the first time I looked at it. And went, oh, <laughs> this works. This has a use. Now, the dealer was quite keen to tell me how how way bigger the Polestar 3 is. And I was like, yeah, I don't want a bigger car. If you made a smaller one, I'd buy that one. Like, yeah, no, we don't make a smaller car. It's fine. Just put the motor in the back and make it go further. And you've sold me, to be honest. <laughs> so, it, yeah, assuming the 2024 model year lives up to what the dealer promised me, I will be buying this car. Almost certainly. I'm still going to test drive the the uh, SEAL, uh, the BYD SEAL, because I'm kind of curious. And they have an opportunity to blow my socks off. But they'd have to beat the Pulsar 2. That, that, that's awesome. I'm really glad that uh, I got to be on this ride with you, just a, even a little bit. Uh, I honestly thought that after you looked around a little bit when when we first started talking that you just end up with a Model 3. So did I. Especially after my visit to Volkswagen. 
because I didn't know how much of what I loved about the Model 3 was Tesla and how much of it was just modern car. And it turns out that Tesla make really good cars. They're run by a lunatic, but they make really good cars. And I want a car where I'm not afraid of software updates. So I want away from the lunatic, but I want everything else. <laughs> I want to keep all the cool stuff, right? I want a car yeah. that is as that is as good, that is as much fun, that is as forward thinking, that is as environmentally friendly, that is as well engineered. And the Pulsar 2 is. And it's just Volvo. I like Volvo. I don't mean, I just, I've always wanted to like a Volvo or something. So it appeals to me that way too. Well, that's awesome. Bart, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. I realized the last time when I was editing our last episode, I did not give you an opportunity to share where people can find you. I also didn't tweet about it or anything else. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But uh, you, you did. You're like, Hey, I was on this podcast. I'm a bad host, but how can people find you? Uh, easiest place to go is let's-talk.ie, which is where my two podcasts hang out. Um, they are both monthly shows. Uh, I do one show each month on the Apple News. I sort of, I do, there's lots and lots of people doing regular Apple News every day or every week. I do the zoom out version. I basically stand back and take the big picture view once a month. And it's really fun writing those show notes because you actually do get a different view of what's going on when you only do 12 shows in a year. And then my other one is a photography show, and it is not a gear show, even though my Apple stuff is clearly gear, right? That's <laughs> by definition. But the photography show is the complete opposite of that. It is about the art and craft of photography. You know, it, why would you use a zoom lens, not what zoom lens should I buy? You know, what's the difference between shooting with a, a big camera versus a camera phone, not which camera phone should I buy? You know, that's sort of the, the difference, I guess. You know, how to photography, not what to buy. I mean, I have a lot of fun. Is the first step always live in a fairy tale like, book of village? Is that the first no. step? Because I see no, your not. photos, and I'm like, hmm. No, there is beauty everywhere. You can, yeah, you, all of them, uh, the color is beautiful. The flowers are beautiful. The sky is beautiful, even when it's gray outside. Um, the buildings are beautiful. If you threw that in a little black and white and maybe added a little a little effect here and there, you could make it look like it was like 1940s industrial area. You live in an area that is just very photogenic, and it's it's hard to find that uh, in, in the uh, dirt field sandbox that I live in. I, there is something photographically special everywhere. It's different everywhere. And sometimes it involves zooming in, sometimes it involves zooming out, but there is something everywhere. Um, and the art and craft of photography is finding it. <laughs> I will say, I will say that Arizona has the best sunsets out of any place I've ever lived. Uh, including Big skies. like be- Beautiful. And it's, it's so pretty. And uh, one of the rockets went up in California uh, last week. And uh, we're we're sitting outside watching that. That was really cool. That is cool. Yeah, we don't have <laughs> no one launches rockets from Ireland. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't know the weather for it. <laughs> yeah, well, awesome, Bart. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put everything in the show notes, and I appreciate you coming on and and being so generous with your time. Bodhi, I have so much fun talking to you. You can have me on whenever we have something to talk about. You can always have me on because I love talking to you, and apparently the listeners like it too. Say do. <laughs> Thank you again, and I will talk to you whenever. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I would like to thank Bart for coming on and being so generous with his time and information. Like, Bart lives in Ireland. It is late for him when we record this. And he still, he comes on, he gives us great information. He <laughs> he is very patient with me. So, yeah, uh, I adore Bart. He's a wonderful human being. So, if you want to catch more Bart Bouchots, you can catch him on the NoSillaCast. Every two weeks, he's on, and he does security bits with Allison Sheridan, another friend of the show. And then Bart has Let's Talk. So, it's Let's Talk Photography and Let's Talk Apple. And I will put links to the show notes for all of this, and I would highly encourage you to go and listen. All right, everyone, that is it for me this week. If you want to email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. I hope you all had a wonderful day, wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you on Friday, where my guest will be Edwin Xiao. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.